welcome back to Feature Please. My name is Joseph. I'm your co-host, Peter. And we are picking up our review of uh, Star Trek Picard, Season 1, Episode 1, Remembrance. And when where we last left our discussion, we were, we were leading into Picard having a second dream sequence. Um, so this was the part in the episode where he has the vision of him and Data as they appeared in their TNG era uniforms. And they're talking about the painting. Boy, oh boy, do those season three era gold and burgundy backs that fucking suits look good. Like they are milking the nostalgia horse and I am there waving my money at it. It felt good to see. Uh, like you said before, Data looks significantly better in this scene. I, whatever, whatever happened to make it happen it happened. It felt good. And I was glad that I was uh, there to see it. I am convinced they shot that later. Yeah, I think that's part of a lot of the reshoots and changes they made. It just felt it felt like it was better handled. And I, I think that that might have been in retrospect. But uh, the the point of the vision is that Picard is reminded via data of a painting that sits above his desk that resembles the one he saw in his dream, but also reminded him of one that he owns elsewhere. And that is where uh, we see San Francisco reemerge for the very first time in a long time in Star Trek. In, um, in real life, too. Uh, this is the first time that we are getting San Francisco Starfleet headquarters footage that isn't the voyage home yeah. footage being reused on like grainy ass 35 millimeter. Uh, like the rest of everything else we've seen from a CG angle from outer space to greater Boston area to now San Francisco, the future buildings look fucking cool. And um, I'm glad they put the budget behind it. Yeah, it all looks awesome. I think Golden Gate Bridge has a bunch of solar panels yeah. on it. Like, cool. Yeah. It all makes sense. Uh, the he goes to the Starfleet archive. Uh, where he actually uh, talks to a holographic program, which I believe is just called Index, uh, that like cracks wise to him and seems to have a bit of a personality. It's a real Jedi Archives vibe in this place. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the idea that because he was such an important figure and he was an admiral that he has his own personal archive there of like shit from his career. And also really cool is the idea of a, all of this material that he has collected being stored on a quantum level. So what appears to be the case is that it essentially gets summoned up uh, through this this uh, quantum stasis. Uh, so when he wants something that is from his, you know, from his uh, Starfleet career, uh, he basically has to put it into the computer and then it is reconstituted from a quantum state, which is neat as fuck the way they do it is like he wants to, to research this painting so he goes into his archive it has like the captain picard day banner and yes there's like model of the stargazer that there's a, there's a there's a model of the enterprise e's captain's yacht the uh, d is in there too i mean it's it's all the feels in one room this scene is again very mass effect there was like dlc where Shepard had his own little vault room that he had to go into and, and pull this up the same way. Special shout out, by the way, to the replicators in this. We didn't talk about it, but two scenes back, he hits a, a T Earl Grey decaffeinated and the new replicator effects like a bunch of different lasers shooting it at different angles instead of just like a, 
uh, transporter swirl, and it looks really cool. Yeah, but it also still looked like a replicator. Yes. Like, it's kind of blocky and has the same kind of texture to it. Like, it looks like a replicator that could have been on the Enterprise. Absolutely. Uh, so that was neat that that still looked that way, but just the effect had been improved dramatically. Do you think that's the original Captain Picard Day banner? Do you think that thing's no. still around? Uh, well, it could be around, but that was definitely a recreation because the original one had more discoloration. If you mm. look at the episode. Mm. Yeah. I bet they recreated it like pretty. Uh, you know, the story behind all of the Captain Picard Day stuff is that. Wasn't it like real elementary kids? It was. So as I recall, this was I forget which producer asked like his kids kindergarten class to create this, create everything. Somebody asked their kids kindergarten class to create all of that stuff. I'd like an AMA for any child involved in that creation, please. Yes, absolutely. We would love to talk to you about this experience. But anyway, he he summons up the painting um, that he is looking for, and it it's revealed, and it clearly has Dodge's face on it. And Index appears as requested and explains that it was given to him by Data as one of two in 2368, I believe they say, so quite a long time ago, uh, and that this one has a specific title, and it's called Daughter. And this is where they start to get me, because obviously one of the best episodes of TNG is The Offspring, which is when Data does, in fact, try to create a daughter named Lal. And so this all makes sense that he's got a fixation on the idea of offspring and that he always wanted to create a daughter and had a rather he tragic create a daughter. Yeah, he created a daughter and had a tragic experience with it. So some real hitch in the field stuff that uh, also involved Commander Maddox, who we've talked about in our last podcast. And it's a it's one of those like respect deep cuts into Trek. Uh, he was present across several episodes of Next Gen, usually in as an antagonistic capacity to Data. He only appears in one. He is mentioned in others. Mm, he he was in Measure of a Man. He only appears in Measure of a Man, as far as I'm aware. I I thought in Offspring, he was there to try and help Data save her life. No, that was a different. It was an admiral that showed up for that. It was an older guy. He appears only in Measure of Man. He is mentioned in Data's day because that is the person that uh, log that he's writing explaining his day is being sent to because he's trying to help him with his research. Mm. So, yeah, it's a deep cut like that, you know, obviously one of the foundational episodes about Data as a character involved him as an antagonist. But later on, we hear him mentioned as somebody that is, you know, continuing to to be in touch with Data and is continuing this research. And um, he was not involved with Lal, though. We flash back to where Dodge is. She's actually in Paris. And she tries to contact her mom. But her mom clearly knows that she was supposed to go to Picard. She's confused. Be like, wait a second. I never talked to you about this. And then she is not actually probably a woman or her mother, obviously, and convinces her to, like, hack Starfleet security to, like, locate where Picard is. And immediately, like, takes a a transporter to go to San Francisco to meet with her. I really like what will become a later scene. And that is Picard's amazement that she was able to locate him because, you know, that's not just common knowledge. It's like I've seen enough Voyager 
I've seen enough uh, Neelix asking the computer where the captain is, like what exactly a civilian can get away with in the future in, in stalking people. So was it really that hard? I think we've already established that Federation's got pretty shit security. Uh, and the list of things that her mom probably is, she is probably not a good liar. Like talk about a classic oops. I didn't tell you what I was at Picard's house. Oh, well, yeah, sure you did. Just trust me. Uh, you know, graphical glitching. Everything's cool. Totally. Okay, mom. You're not my real mom. <laughs> so, so not real mom convinces Dodge <laughs> to go find Picard. Picard's like, hey, I'm so glad you found me. And she's like, I don't I, I just I know how to do things. I can hear conversations like uh, a mile away. I think I might I be think schizophrenic. I'm on drugs. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking high as shit. I'm on those space drugs. And, uh, and Picard sits her down and be like, uh, no, doll. Um, actually, uh, you are robot. Um, this is <laughs> this fucking scene. I've seen Picard like drop some truth bombs on some people. And like, usually he's like, let's sit down someplace quiet and nice. Do you want some tea? I'm going to get some tea. Have some tea. So, uh, you're a space ghost and you're the <laughs> final remnant of a people. Uh, like he's really laid some truths out there. And for her, he's like, oh, hey. Uh, I'm glad I caught you at this outdoor shopping mall that is um, Starfleet Command. Sit down on this bench. I know you were telling me before about all these people, these these ninja assassin dudes who threw a knife in your boyfriend's sternum. Let's start talking about some really heavy shit. You are a super illegal android. <laughs> and like, you know. Have I mentioned how illegal you are? Because you are the most illegalist. You are as legal as fuck, and I'm going to be your bald Morpheus. You've already was it red pill or blue pill? What's what's the matrix? What's, oh, what's the cool pill? The cool pill to take is the red pill. Well, you don't get a choice. You're going to eat this red pill. Uh, your mom's fake. Everything's fake. You're a fucking robot. Uh, I used to know a guy named Commander Data when he was a great guy, and he was also a painter. And here's all this just crazy truth. And she just looks at him like. You're either really stupid that you're saying all this stuff out in fucking public in front of would be assassins or like you're probably just like space madness, crazy old man. And I think it might be the second one. She's like going through all this. Like I have these memories, all this stuff. Like I don't want to be a robot. And he's like, no, being a robot will be great. Like you were, you know, you're created by someone like in a, but I've in a got deliberate... this memory. And that's a cool memory. Someone thought that memory up for you and it's yours now. You need to embrace that. That's. That's really like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, he's not real good at like really sympathizing. He's just super excited that like you're my you're my BFF's daughter, dude. Like this it's, is gonna be great. It's canon. Picard is bad with children, and she's just a child, and he's just being bad with her. Yeah, like, oh, now that I know you're a kid, I have to be so awkward. Uh, you know, normally I like to have these heart to hearts with children and broken down elevator shafts, but I don't see any available at this moment. So let's just have this out in public. Real heavy stuff to say, like everything, you know, is a fucking lie. And yeah, you are a super illegal android who was part of, you know, the terrible revolt against humanity. Their little revelation gets cut short, though, because uh, her super hearing or android sixth sense or whatever alerts them that. Ninja dudes are coming. They're looking for trouble and uh, they go running up some stairs to get the fuck out of there. 
a tactically unwise choice of we must escape these assassins. Let's go where no one is and where we can't escape upstairs to the top of a building. Not a great choice. Now, if Picard was anything other than 96 years old, I'd be like, listen, man, you've this this is some real two dimensional thinking from the guy who is like one of the best, most brilliant space combat minds out there. But he's old, so. He kind of right, gets dragged. He kind of gets dragged along. Like his frailty physically is is a, a point here, or he's not really much help here. What we get is like an extended remix edition of the prior fight scene, where Dodge is just she d- she does the Black Widow scissor head thing like three fucking times. Um, she straight up streets of rage two throws a guy down a set of stairs. My uh, favorite is when she throws the one guy into the railing and you watch his spine break as he like crumples over the railing sideways. I want to confess in you for as corny and rehash and everything as this is like once it has been established that not only is she an Android, but she's data's daughter. All of this badass kung fu strutting just fucking works, and I eat it at a cellular level, man. And I'm just like, I'm in the nostalgia zone. Fuck yes. Like, all the cool shit you ever wanted to see Data do when he just, like, kind of duck and cover. You're like, dude, you're, you're a fucking superhero. You should be ripping people in half and, like jumping across football fields and she just straight up does all Do's it yeah yeah like it's all the shit that data would have done if they had money right yeah and yeah it's i'm absolutely there for it too like i you know i was on twitter and there's like all of these like die hard neckbeard trek fans who are like talking about mary sue this or that I'm like bitch are you for real this, they set this set this character up to be an android like a super android so she's gonna do super android shit like that's not i do not minor side rant i do not i hate discovery as much as anybody but i hate it for real reasons not like bullshit reasons not like not my star trek like i don't like forced diversity like no 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 i don't like discovery because it's bad at being a tv show it's not well written it's not well acted it's like gives me brain aids to watch it's just dumb i that's the reason i don't like it and there there really is like the subculture of people out there who just like don't like things that you know any kind of like taint on it of you know the social vagarities of 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 now of like sjw this sjw that i'm like just fucking shut up i think you're going to talk about berman being uh mary sue and incorrectly labeled as such yeah like berman isn't a mary sue berman is incredibly incapable in the first season of star trek discovery like she fucks up constantly right and in this case if you're going to say if you're saying that people are calling this uh dodge uh, a mary sue because she whips the shit out of a bunch of romulan assassins like She's a fucking murder bot. You bet your ass. <laughs> yeah, she's if there's one thing, so. if there's one thing she should be able to do, it's uh, hack the internet and beat the fuck out of meat bags. So I'm all right with it. But yeah, uh, even though she like kicks twelve people's asses handedly, the last dude who gets like crunched over the guard, I really like when the one guy gets thrown off the fucking roof and just like transports out mid-flight. One of the last guys who gets his spine broke, his helmet also gets knocked off, and you see the Romulan ear poking out. 
He spits some green acid, like straight up reptile style on her. She starts melting and I'm like, okay, well, that's graphic. Is like her skin going to melt off in like this really cool Terminator thing? And she's going to like endoskeleton walk out of there looking like lol or what? But his uh, phaser rifle overheats. It like nuke blows up, evaporates her, kills him, kills all the evidence and knocks old man Picard, who's pretty far away from all this happening um, down. And when he wakes up, we find out that it was all a dream. Maybe. So the what his uh, Romulan uh, buddies tell him is like, yeah, so Starfleet security said that you were just like found there by yourself and there was no one else on any of the security feeds, which, of course, is like 200 percent bullshit. Like it, it goes to the theory that we've been talking about in the last episode, you know, our part one of this and. And and that is that what we're going to see is the revelation that the Federation is hiding this shit, that they're somehow involved in whatever this dirty is. And that is why they are magically somehow unable to detect that there was a bunch of weapons fire and explosions and murder that happened up there. Acid spitting. Acid spitting. Like, it's all nonsense. Um, I love that he is a decorated officer, retiree, veteran. That was caught in an explosion on Starfleet Command, and they're just like, eh, throw him on the couch. He doesn't need to go to the hospital. Just hit him with that dermal regenerator. He's good as new and uh, beam him back to his house. That's what that's what social health care gets you in the future, guys. I, Not even an overnight stay. <laughs> I, I That part felt a, a tiny bit rushed, although there could end up being like a story reason. Like we might end up finding out more about these these two, like that stuff happened while he was unconscious and they like whisked him away from Starfleet. Do you think the Romulans that he's living with are like Tal Shiar agents? Yeah. Like like part of the conspiracy. It's possible because, you know, because Picard is responsible for saving Romulan lives, it could be that they're like, we just don't want him to be killed in all of this. And so they're like trying to make sure that that like that happens. But at the same time, it could be that that they're not and that they're genuinely like trying to protect him. Two secret fantasies. I want one is the little nubby alien parasite dudes that were living in Remick from conspiracy and season. Was that season two? How season one? Was that season one? I'm pretty yeah, sure. That's right. It should have been the fucking season finale. And it said it was a neutral zone, which is kind of like this. Meh. Yeah. Them blowing up Remick's head and Starfleet, uh, command would have been the right way to end it i want those guys to come back and be a part of it and dude if you're gonna be balls deep in like romulan intrigue you better give me fucking sila don't let the porn <laughs> parody be the last time we hear from sila hey by the way everybody if you haven't listened to us before we we love star trek so much we did a review of the tng porn parody and it turns out it was great fyi so far still better than picard but you know Picard's got nine more episodes to catch yeah, up to. It's Picard brilliant. could catch up. Yeah, Picard could catch up. I have, and I have a big part it. of catching up would be bringing Sila out. So, yeah, dude, get fucking Denise Crosby out there in that wig again, and you better be trotting her back out. I also want to say that when uh, Picard's laying out all the truth bombs on Dej about how she's an android, he he goes down a pretty good speech on what a great man Data was and how he was like, always brave and always did the right thing at all times. And there's some other moments he touched on and it, it hit me in the feels. I think that's what really primed me for her beating the fuck out of those guys and like 
really shown off that soon type badassery was because Picard like cheerleader speech being like, yeah, fuck yeah, Data. Fuck yeah, Data's daughter. You go, girl. <laughs> I mean, he is definitely his their, their biggest defender. You, yeah. It's the it's the power of positive thinking, Peter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, this is where Jean-Luc finally lets a little bit of speechifying go where he he resolves as he lays there understanding like, oh, this this girl's dead. Um, I have failed already. And, you know, I've I've spent all of this time hiding away from the universe, writing books about history that no one wants to remember, nursing a wounded pride at the fact that things didn't go the way I wanted them to waiting to die. Uh, And I'm not going to do that anymore. Like there's some shit happening. I know about it. And I'm fucking Jean-Luc Picard. I'm going to do something about it. Like, fuck this. And I think it's like one of those. It's a perfect moment for a character like him with like that clear moral clarity that even he is not invulnerable to the idea that he's, you know, he kind of got fed up and left and just said, fuck all this. But he can't escape his the re- personal responsibility he feels when this kind of more moral injustice is being done. And now it's in his face. He has seen it firsthand and he no longer can deny it. He's got to do something. Yeah, they tapped his nature. Normally, this speech would come uh, under the goading of Troy uh, or Beverly or someone else to be like, you can't deal. You, you, you can't sit there and, and let this happen to you. You're Picard. And then he'll be like, yeah, you're right. I am Picard. So that's why it takes him the better half of the episode before he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm getting back in the game. Um, the speech was. I don't know, seeing Patrick Stewart as the executive producer, I think sometimes some of his scenes were like a little too juicy, a little too like setting up the ball to spike it hard. But, you know, it it's Picard. He, he deserves it. The, the, the death of Dodge. I was like I said, I was expecting her to walk out for like a sweet endoskeleton or like some sort of escape scene. So them leaving her dead was good and i didn't really know what they were going to do with that she seemed like she was a little bit too hot of a commodity to just let lay dead permanently but unlike fucking star wars that you know kills off big characters and like oh it was just in the other transport like i'm glad that there was that that permanent effect event that happened and their solution to work around it ends up working really well given what we know about androids and star trek I, I it definitely raised the stakes. It was unexpected. Um, and the fact that it's like it's this is permanent, like this is a real consequence, and like you you got to know her just enough to care, right? Mm-hmm. Just enough. Yeah. Uh was well well done, well paced, well put out. And the super duper payoff where this to to quote uh Django Unchained, where we go from you had you had my curiosity, now you have my attention. Uh, is when Card goes to the Daystrom Institute and meets with Dr. Girati, Agnes, uh, played by the drummer from Sex Bomb. <laughs> if you ever watched Scott Pilgrim versus the World, that's what she was from. I mean, she's been in it. Allison Pill's been in a lot of shit, but like that is like the first thing I ever saw her in. Meets up with her, and that's where you get a lot of backstory of like you you know Daystrom doesn't really do research on synthetics anymore. Uh, the research got shut down after the attack on Mars because the synthetics that did it were from there. And that's when she also opens the B4 case, 
And we see that B4 didn't turn out to actually be able to turn into data, uh, that most of the positronic stuff that he data tried to transfer ended up getting lost. And that, you know, no one has been able to develop that technology. They don't name drop soon specifically here, but what they do do is they name drop Bruce fucking Maddox. So in the most the the deepest cut of all is that Dr. Gerardi says, yeah, I was recruited by Bruce Maddox to work here and we were super close to actually being able to recreate a soon type Android before the ban happened. And we were just fucking crushed by our inability to finish what we started. And then after that, Maddox disappeared. And as we've already recalled a previous episode, in this episode is like Maddox was established in measure of a man, which is a very early episode of TNG was the episode where data's personhood is being challenged by Maddox is defended by Picard and successfully, but ultimately data continues to work with Maddox because he has such a genuine interest in developing artificial life. And now he's obviously started to respect it more uh, as genuine life. And it just makes perfect sense that that is the guy who was trying to do this. No one else in Trek history could have been the guy. And the fact that they decide that this is the deepest cut that they want to make uh, to make Maddox the unseen responsible party for everything going on um, is great. Because as the conversation flows out, they start to put together that if Dodge is who – Picard believes that he was, she was, then Maddox has delivered on a theory about what some kind of uh, cloning technology that would essentially clone positronic cells to allow the creation of additional soon type androids. I'm willing to grow with the universe. I'm willing to accept new characters. I'm willing to take franchises into new directions. Use established bridges to get me there. Don't just walk away from the past and and want me to buy in on new stuff and that's where you know we i I will constantly praise voyager which is our our main thrust for v'ger please anytime they're willing to say hey here's this new thing but we are involving some part of our own history to get there so that you know just just watch what came before understand the subject material which it's clear that these guys are doing again it's not hard to find maddox in star trek lore and history you know he's a prevalent force in several episodes uh or in, in one episode in particular get him out there understand the character name drop him involve him like this and now yeah okay dodge all this other stuff i'm willing to go down that it makes perfect fucking sense you did your homework you've bought my my nerd respect and we'll move along and the little necklace that she had gotten that piece of tiffany's jewelry that was quote unquote rare and unique it's just two circles overlapped it's this uh positronic cloning uh, icon, right? It's that these these cells have to be cloned in pairs. So there's two of them. There's twins, which jumping back to Nunyan soon, Data was built in conjunction with his twin lore. And again, it's it's pre-established Trek canon. I'm there. I bind it. Of course, there's a second android. The first one was just killed to get your emotions up. She's back in the game. It's someone different. 
Picard's going to have to find her. He's going to have to reestablish trust and, and all this other ground he's already covered. And this time he can't fail. It, it works. It's good. I'm curious if that's because they've already paraded B4 out. Like, whatever happened to Lore? Yeah, they said he was disassembled at the end of the last episode he was in, which was, I think, re- the like Rogue Redemption Warden. Part 2. Which, yeah. man, if there's a... Because I know, obviously, we know... He Port- was in that, too. Yeah, like, ooh... Maybe I, they'll go there. Mm-hmm. That's that's a that's the number one of the three things I want. I want lore. I want the little nubby alien parasite dudes. I want Sela. God, there's so much potential on the table, <laughs> Joe. And they're going to botch <laughs> all of it. I know it in my soul. They're going <laughs> to fuck it up. But man, if the deck isn't stacked for greatness here. Yeah, uh, Maddox's inclusion here, I cannot praise enough because like it makes everything make sense. Like you can see the contours of the plot. Maddox disappears. Uh, because he gets recruited by the one group of people left in the universe that probably are okay with him continuing his research, the Romulans, that seem to have access to bio, uh, biological and technological technological vistas that are otherwise unavailable, a Borg cube, uh, that might permit him to make a leap in synthetic life that would otherwise be impossible. He succeeds, he creates it, but his failsafe that he builds into his creations is not just like, you know, the that they're ninjas, but they're going to seek out the one person that Bruce Maddox knows would give the most fucks about them, you know? Yeah. Like, why in the world is her was Dodge's quote unquote mother telling her, go find Jean-Luc Picard. That's the person that can help Dodge you. Dodge is not my mother. <laughs> Yeah, Dodge is not the mama. Like, it's because Bruce Maddox knew if something goes fucking sideways and one of my creations needs to find a safe haven, Jean-Luc Picard is the one person in the universe who would would stop everything to help. And I know that from personal experience. Like, perfect. Fucking perfect. Like, I, it's just like, it just comes together so great here at the end. And that's what finally was like, you know what? This might actually end up being good. Like if this is the shit they're going to do, if this is the story they're going to tell about like the creation of artificial life, the moral implications, you know, the Federation's moral decay. How dirty are they? How involved are they? Like what the actual fuck is happening here? And how does the one true hero of Trek, the, the moral, the clear moral voice deal with this problem. Suddenly you're telling a story. I actually want to know. Yeah. Uh, the big thing we missed here in this little Daystrom Institute scene is the impossibility of putting a positronic matrix into a biological Android. Like there is nothing robot and wire and fiber optic cable about Dodge. Like she's, She's flesh and blood. So this this union of data's positronic brain and and an android that looks perfectly like a human is like super science fiction, even in the 24th century. But uh, clearly it has happened under whatever Frankenstein shit Maddox got up to. The the I think the point that Dr. Girardi says in the scene is like they could possibly do the body, but it was the positive. They weren't able to like recreate data's 
positronic network. Like the soon research has never been able to be recreated. So the union of the two would just be impossible. So it, it, she made it sound like really like far fetched at first. But as the conversation went, it was like there's definitely some pieces missing, but it wasn't like it was impossible. It was just like they didn't quite figure out this and they definitely hadn't quite figured out that. But the idea that like, OK, now we figured out both because I've got like fucking bored pixie dust to work with uh suddenly like uh uh-oh you know we again the genius of data wasn't the fact he was artificial intelligence it was this artificial intelligence that fit in a human head we've we've categorically established that the doctor is just as advanced if not far more advanced emotionally than data ever was but you know he was also this huge box on the wall for a brain not just something that fits in the size of a softball inside of a a, a robotic body. So it's cool that like the soon work quality still holds up after all those years. Um, Picard gets the realization that there is a second Dodge out there and he's got his, uh, his twilight mission to find her and protect her as the final remaining daughter of his good friend data. And we cut over to where she is exactly the necklace that, uh, and I thought it was kind of careless the way that Dodge just left that treasured necklace behind on Picard's uh, patio table <laughs> back in Ch- uh, Chateau Picard. But we see Dodge is uh, working in some sort of a Romulan installation. And speaking of Frankenstein, did you recognize this guy? No. That uh, that kind of squirrely English um, Romulan that Daj's sister ends up with uh, is the guy who played Victor Frankenstein in Penny Dreadful. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 he, yeah. The, the the big reveal, of course, being this that Daj's, as you mentioned, Daj's sister is is on a board queue being run by Romulans. They dun, call it the dun, Romulan dun. Reclamation Zone. Correct, and so whatever fucking nonsense the Romulans are up to has to do with whatever the fuck is happening here. Um, but uh, the, the, the stage is set for the plot. That being that uh, ultimately um, Picard is going to have to track her down and deal with potentially multiple conspiracies stretching across his own, you know, civilization and others uh, having to do with synthetic life forms and the manipulation of, God knows what. And all I really, really hope they don't fucking get into section 31. <sighs> they don't need I'm to go so over section 31. I just please don't go anywhere fucking near that shit. Can't they just be like, can't they just be normal shady? You know, just regular old crazy admirals, man. You don't need black leather uniforms, you know, um, one last mention on Dodge and Maddox. There's an earlier call out where she's talking to Picard about how her father was a botanist and he genetically engineered two different orchids, one for her sister and one for her and how their names were based on those orchids like that all Maddox is the father like twins genetic copying, even though it's software like it was such a beautiful moment of conclusion when when they hit that like. I don't know who was behind the writing on it, but it was really came off as uh, as a plus. Yeah, like it, um, it was techno babble e, but it was like 
done in a in a way where of like whatever right like like for it was also good like oh she did say basically she had a twin sister i just wasn't paying attention because it never dawned on me that's fucking data's kid like cool awesome the i i did like the way they never mentioned lol but they they like like picard hints at it like was she he always wanted a daughter you know like <laughs> was it like uh was it like the tom paris incident like God, we'd really like to say what his other daughter was, but we just don't want to give that writing credit or royalty <laughs> to that other guy. So, yeah, uh, what was uh, Paris's original name? Lombardi or something? Legato? Oh, uh, Locarno. Locarno. So, like, La Locarno. What was it? Paris. That's it. Yes, it was Paris. Not at all related to anybody else with property held by someone else. But they they pulled Maddox out, so I mean, again, uh, what was the the subline for this? What was the title? Uh, it takes money to make money. Yeah, it takes money to make money. Well, they're getting my money, so money well spent, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, before we we head off on what's going to turn into basically two episodes of us talking about the show, the producer count for this show was nineteen. What? Nineteen producers for the show. Uh, which is one less than Discovery. Uh, there were five writers for this episode. I felt it. I felt it. I feel like it didn't quite figure out the fuck it was doing until the second half. Um, and then it were did. Were all these writers in the same room, I wonder? Because as we no have way. criticized... It was, was, it, was there... it was a story by credit, and then there was a teleplay credit. And I think the teleplay credit was the rewrite. As long as there's someone asking the common sense questions, that's what we beat Voyager up about. Like, is is there any plot holes in this at any point that you feel like a five year old would have been able to point out to you? And I think the answer to that is, for me, at least, was no. Nothing was overtly stupid. Yeah, overall, I think this this really did a good job of reestablishing the universe. I hated the 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 journalist scene. Uh, I did not care for the kind of weird pacing through the first half, but once they finally like start to convey the point of the plot and start to dig into who these people are, what's going on, what's important and giving Picard like the motivation they give him, it gets going in the right direction. And then when they get to this last scene at the Daystrom Institute and, and drop the Maddox bomb, I'm like, Oh, so this is being done by people who give a fuck. That's all okay. I asked for. All right. Like, cool. I'm in. I, I will ride this ride at this point. Like, I I was prepared to hate this, but, well, I mean, if you're going to care, I guess I'll care too. Um, so I'm all in. I'm all in. I can't wait for the next episode. And uh, I imagine you and I are going to have a lot to say about it. Absolutely. Well, until then... Thank you for joining us at Viger, please. A hateful. Well, wait, no, we're not a hateful voyage to the Delta Quadrant. Thank you for joining a us at Viger, please. Voyage. Yeah. Thank you for joining our Picard focused voyage. Uh, if you're new to us, if this and our prior episode are your first uh, opportunity to listen to us, uh, we, as we have alluded to, do reviews of Star Trek Voyager primarily. We have over 90 episodes of us doing that, so plenty for you to go through. If you like what you hear, you can always join us on Facebook at Vigor, please, at Twitter at Vigor, please. Uh, if 
for some reason, you want to email, email us. We're at vjerplease at gmail.com. And we also run the vjerplease trauma support group, which is a Facebook group where we all just kind of talk, hang out, uh, chat about uh, Star Trek and share memes and otherwise have a, a good time. It's only a private group because, quite frankly, we respect your privacy and that you don't want all that stuff showing up on, like, your your uh, your second cousin's timeline. So uh, if, for whatever reason, any of that appeals to you, don't hesitate to reach out. So until then, we'll see you next week. <laughs>